Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Welcome to Fried the Burnout Podcast. Fried is the podcast for everyone who has ever felt burnout because of their job, relationship, or life. Kate Donovan, burnout expert, will interview a new guest each week who will share their burnout stories with all the gory details. Every episode will give you immediate action steps that you can take right now if you're feeling fried and crispy around the edges. Fried's main goals are to raise burnout awareness, kill the associated shame, and create a movement to end burnout culture. Hey, Fried Friends. Thank you so much right off the bat for your help on voting for this month's Straight From Kate episodes. You told me that by far there was over 30 votes for wanting to know about how to actually build boundaries that stick. Um, You've probably read some ideas about this online and be told that you can be assertive without feeling guilty and all of that, but it might not have been working for you and you're wondering how the heck you can build boundaries that anyone will actually pay attention to, and we are going to chat about that today. I want you to keep in mind during this episode that if you've struggled with this for a long time, it might be the right moment to ask for some help. I love doing this so much. So you can hop on a call with me. I do free consults and you can find that schedule at bit.ly forward slash call Kate. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash call Kate C-A-I-T. And that being said, let's get into it. Boundaries are one of the most important pieces of healing from burnout, but they're not the boundaries that you're thinking about. When you hear the word boundaries, what pops into your mind first? Are you thinking about how to say no to someone? That's assertiveness training. Are you creating language around when you'll respond to emails? For instance, thanks for writing. I respond to emails Monday through Friday within 48 hours. That's expectation management. Both of them set some sort of boundary, but they're boundaries that live outside of you. They're rules that you're providing for other people, and the boundaries that count most when it comes to preventing and recovering from burnout, those are your inner boundaries. These are the ones that you are mad at people for crossing, but no one knows except for you that they exist. They are the unspoken agreements that you think that you have with the world, but the world might have other ideas. The imagery that I use most with clients when discussing boundaries is that of a freestanding home with a fenced garden and a gate. When your inner boundaries are unclear to you and to others, it's like you left your house with the alarm off, the front door unlocked and cracked open, and the front gate totally swung wide open, and then you come home and you're really annoyed that your friend is sitting on your couch drinking that cinnamon tea that you love out of your favorite mug. How dare they? Don't they know this is your space? Don't they know that you only had one more bag of cinnamon tea and that you can't get it for another month? Now you're not going to be able to have your favorite tea. Why are people always taking everything from you? 
The simple answer here is no, they didn't know this was your space. They don't know that that cinnamon tea is hard to come by and they had no idea that that was your favorite mug. These invisible boundaries, these rules that you decided were true in your life and therefore you're assuming they're true for other people, this is what's wearing down your energy, creating resentment and burning you right out. There's a lot of self-righteousness involved in this process because the rules that we create that we think that everyone should follow in the world are usually quote-unquote correct. For instance, when I go to Target and there's somebody behind me and they're like, you know, six or seven seconds too far away for me to comfortably hold the door open for them without making it awkward, but I decide to hold the door open for them anyway, Therefore, telling them, listen, I'm waiting for you. I'm going to hold the door. I'm a nice person. And then they walk by and they don't say thank you. So I have this internal agreement, this, this sort of, and, and maybe we think it's cultural, but it's not always. I have this internal rule that when that happens, the other person should say thank you to me. But not everybody has that rule. So I get irritated and passive aggressive and it destroys my energy and that person is just befuddled because you held the door open for them. They didn't ask you to like they didn't ask you to do that. They weren't involved in that decision making process. So any moment where you feel resentment or you feel like your reaction might be passive aggressive, those are all places where you'll find that you have invisible rules, unspoken agreements with how the wor- people in the world should behave that other people are not following. So if you went around, for instance, with a book plastered on your chest that had all of the rules that you follow, you could let people know, listen, hey, page 23, article B, section 4, or whatever. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even know what any of those things mean. But you could tell people, okay, this is my rule, and, you know, whatever. But even if you have these rules, other people are under no obligation to follow them. And that's really, really tricky, even if your rules are quote-unquote correct. So this was something that I learned for myself by living in various countries over the years. So I have spent time in Boston and California, which could be two different countries as far as rules are concerned. Um, I also spent quite a bit of time in Argentina, quite a bit of time in China, six years in Poland, and six years in the Czech Republic. So I've spent a lot of time in a lot of different places where people have a lot of different rules. So in China, the personal space unspoken agreements that we carry in the United States that people should not basically be like all up in your shit are totally irrelevant. Like nobody is bothered if you're standing in line and they are just flat out like rubbing up on you. Not in a sexual way, just like they're close all the time. It's a totally different set of rules. And what you realize when you go from place to place over and over and over is that there are things that you would consider to be rude based on your cultural context, which are not necessarily rude or bad in other people's cultural contexts. So this took me, like I had to live abroad for two or three years before I really sort of figured that out. And what it made me realize was I'm carrying all of these rules that I think everyone else around me is carrying, especially when I'm back home in the States. And I'm thinking, we're from the same place, we should have the same rules. But people grew up in different families with different rules and different religions and different cultures, and we're not always aligned with one another. 
So this is really happening a lot right now because we're still in the midst of, you know, coronation. And there's a lot of people policing the rules that other people should be following. So for instance, in my local community's Facebook group, there's a post every single day about checking slash policing someone else's behavior. It'll say, you know, runners, you need to be wearing masks. Or it'll say, what the F is wrong with people in parks? Doesn't anyone know what six feet really looks like? And here's the thing. It really doesn't matter if you're right or if you're wrong when you're saying these things. Because what's happening when you're doing this is you are wasting a huge amount of your own energy with no obvious benefit for anyone because the chances that someone else is going to start following your rules just because you said so are slim to none. I'm going to give you an example of a complaint that came up in in the group that I'm talking about because I want you to see that even when somebody is quote-unquote correct, underneath that there's still probably another unwritten rule that you're expecting other people to follow that is based in really nothing. So here's what happened. A woman decided that because runners are out running, it is their job to be sure that they stay out of the way of people walking, and it's their job to be sure that they're always at least six feet away. So she has taken the responsibility for a runner being six feet away from her and given it to the runner instead of taking it on herself. So what she's saying is, I want to go outside for a walk, and everybody else has to follow this rule so that I can walk in a straight line and everybody should be, you know, sort of fixing it and going around me. I want to go outside for a walk and you, runner, you're ruining it for me because you're not following the rules. But let's think about what's actually happening. The runner is outside exercising. The woman is outside getting some fresh air. Both things totally acceptable. Does one of them have more of a responsibility than the other to maintain the quote-unquote proper distance right now? And even the proper distance. In Germany, the proper distance is 1.5 meters, and in the United States, it's 2. So even the proper distance we can't agree on worldwide. She's decided, this woman has decided, that she deserves to walk on the sidewalk without being disturbed, and that the runner should be the one being more aware. But why? And her irritation, her righteousness, her resentment, and her passive-aggressive attitude towards all runners now is this heavy emotional burden that she has to carry around and that will add to her burning out. Her boundary here is that other people should be following the rules, and it puts her in a state of being hyper-vigilant of other people's behaviors slash mistakes. And it is exhausting to police other people's behavior all the time. I know, because I was addicted to policing people's behavior for the majority of my life, and it added to my burnout in a massive way. I still have a tendency to do this sometimes. When this whole thing started um, with the coronavirus, I had some friends that were out having a fun day right in the very beginning of it before all of the lockdowns went into place. And I was like, hello, go home, you know, trying to figure it out for them and let them know how I thought that they should be acting. But guess how well that worked out. So I have spent a lot of time in my life sort of holding to these internal rules that I have about how other people should act. And when I'm in that mode and I find myself being hyper vigilant of everyone's behavior, 
I can't keep my, my behavior in my own body. So another example that's not exactly current is that I used to watch people on the tram when I was living in Prague and I would take the tram every day between my house and my office and I would watch everyone on the tram to be sure that if an old lady or a pregnant woman or a disabled person got on the tram that the person that was sitting in the seat that's reserved for them would be getting up. Like I, if, and if somebody was sitting in that seat and nobody needed it, I would be focusing all of my attention on that person sitting in that reserved seat like a hawk to be sure that they'd follow the guidelines that I believe are correct. Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. This allows me to be righteous also because, or creates a sense of righteousness, because this is the rule. It's written on the walls. There's stickers about it. There's, you know, it should be an unspoken agreement amongst everyone. But we all know that not everybody gets up when they see a pregnant woman get on a tram or or a metro or a subway. No matter how we feel, we all have the responsibility and duty to try our best. But fighting back from fatigue and brain fog can have us feeling like we can't break free. You've heard me talk about it before, but feeling fried can have a profound impact on your health. Luckily, there are supplements out there that target that feeling and help revitalize your ability to focus and concentrate. I'm talking about Nadavim, a medical-grade nootropic formula that uses NAD+, to enhance your brain's mitochondrial function, giving you the brain that can unfry itself. The people at Nadavim have even extended a 20% discount code only for the fried audience, and you can grab it now at nadavim.com with the coupon code BURNOUT. That's N-A-D-O-V-I-M.com with the coupon code BURNOUT. When you are in that mode where you're noticing that you're feeling passive aggressive, you're being judgmental, you're feeling resentful that other people are not acting a certain way that you would like them to act, I want you to think about what's happening energetically in your body. The first thing that's happening is you're abandoning your own energy. 
By trying to apply your own internal rules and boundaries onto other people, you put yourself in a constant state of judging and watching other people's behavior. That means that naturally over time, you totally stop paying attention to your own wants and needs because you're too busy policing the people around you to make sure that they're following the rules, right? Over time, this continues and continues, and it means that you'll totally ignore the fact that you have to go to the bathroom. You will miss the cues that tell you that you're thirsty or hungry. You'll miss the cues that tell you when you're full because you're so unaccustomed to spending your time in your body that you don't have a way to judge your natural reactions to things, right? So this is really dangerous. Like once you're in a place where you're being hypervigilant and policing other people's behavior, the most important thing that's happening is that you're abandoning your own energy. So internal boundaries, the kind of boundaries that work are the ones that allow you to stay in your own body without abandoning yourself, right? This is eliminating yourself, removing yourself from everybody else's business and focusing in keeping your energy in your own body so that you can decipher what your particular wants and needs are in any given scenario so that you can meet those wants and needs so that you can avoid burning out. Another thing that's happening in those scenarios is that you're inserting your energy into other people's business. So you take it out of your body and you shove it into their lives and you shove it into their lives with judgment and with a lack of trust, right? So this is, you know, this is a difficult thing because when you are having your energy sort of in up in other people's business and you have this judgment and lack of trust towards them, you, you're disempowering other people, right? You're taking their power away because what you're saying is I have the correct rules of behavior and I don't trust you to use them properly. So I'm going to be in charge here and you're taking this power away from other people to be able to make the correct decisions for themselves, to have their own voices, to know their own wants and needs. And you're so accustomed to not knowing your, your wants and needs that you assume that no one else knows theirs either. But that's not necessarily true. Another thing that's happening is you're making assumptions right, about what other people want and need, and you're providing solutions to those assumptions that may or may not be correct. Talk about a total waste of energy. So you're being hypervigilant, you're trying to create these rules that everybody's gonna follow, you assume that everybody's gonna be happy and you're gonna be satisfied if everybody follows those same rules, but you're assuming that you know better than other people what they want for themselves or what they need for themselves, right? That's exhausting. So you're always, you're constantly doing things that are unnecessary actions and unnecessary insertions of your energy into other people's crap. And you're exhausting yourself while you do it because you might be, so say you are, you know, holding the door open and that guy's six seconds too late. And now you're holding this door open and he just realized that he wanted to stop and have a cigarette before he went in. So he now kind of feels awkward because he sees that you're opening the door and he wants to stop and have a cigarette, but he might feel that obliged to walk in because you decided you were going to open the door and you've created this whole scenario of 
everybody's spending energy that doesn't need to happen. So if he just spoke up about his wants and needs and says, hey, I'm good, you know, I'm going to smoke a cigarette before I go inside, then you can turn around and do that. But we get stuck in this, in these systems where we are meeting other people's quote unquote needs that we're assuming that they're having that they might not be having and it's making them and us tired. The biggest problem with all of this, with these inner boundaries, is most of them we have been taught are things that we are doing for other people because we are being nice and considerate. So it's hard to let go of some of these actions because we think if we're not doing them all the time, then we're not being kind. But I hope you can sort of see after this shorter episode that it's not always necessarily kind to insert yourself in other people's behavior, to disempower them, to take away their voice, to make assumptions about their wants and needs, right? It can be hard to break these things down because it can make you feel mean and selfish, but it's really not mean or selfish for you to take care of yourself, take care of your own wants and needs, and allow other people the right to speak up when they want or need something without your interference. So if you want to abandon your house, leave the alarm off, leave the front and front door and gate wide open, go right ahead. Stick your energy into other people's business all day, every day, and be exhausted as a result because there is no world where we all follow your rules. It's just never going to happen. So if you'd like to create boundaries that work, your first job is to get your energy back into your own body, close your gate in your front door, turn on your alarm, and sit down and ask yourself, what is it that I want right now? What is it that I need right now? Who can I stop policing so that I can gain some energy back? This often works very well with people that you live with. Whose behavior can you stop policing so that you can gain some energy back? Where do I have big resentments that will show me the places that I've abandoned my own needs? All right, I've talked about resentment journals before. I talk about them a lot because they work. So if you pay attention to where all those resentments are, you will find places that you've abandoned your own needs and that you have um, formed an unspoken agreement with someone or something that they may or may not know about, right? The next question is, what rules do I believe in that I want everyone to follow? Not everybody's always going to follow your rules. People might even be wrong about it, but it just is what it is. So I want you to go back. If you want to create good boundaries, I want you to just sit down in a safe place and ask yourself these questions. What do I want? Who can I stop policing so that I can gain some energy back? Where do I have big resentments that will show me the places that I've abandoned my own needs? What rules do I believe in that I want everyone to follow? If you start paying attention to those four questions, you will start noticing where your energy, when your energy is leaving your own body and is totally involved in somebody else's and where you are abandoning yourself. And this is one of the biggest things when it comes to burnout. If you can figure this out and draw your energy back to yourself, you'll be more in tune with what your natural rhythms are, your natural hunger and thirst and sleep needs, your ability to get your work done, and all of those things will be much easier to handle because you'll have the your proper energy inside of yourself that allows you to do this the right way. That wraps up boundaries for today. 
I know that this is a little bit longer than I want Straight From Kate episodes to be, and I try to do it as quickly as possible to fit it in, but this is a really big topic, and when I teach this in conferences or as a keynote, I have at least an hour, sometimes two, to go over these concepts. So please know that this is a very condensed version, and if it was a lot, feel free to listen again. These Straight From Kate episodes are meant to give you the tools and understanding that you need to help yourself recover from burnout and they work. They work with my clients every single day. So remember that if you need support going through this work, I'm here and I love doing this. So hop on a call with me by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate. That's bit.ly forward slash call Kate and book the time that best suits you so that we can chat. We'll figure out what you need and how you can get it. All right. I'll talk to you then. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried The Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan